Hello and welcome to the Raising Men Show, and I'm your host, Craig Carlisle. In studio today, I'm just so happy, we have the Johnson family, and this is like the Johnsons part two, because they were with us last year in studio with us, and we always enjoy having them in, but today they've come in as a part of our series that we've got going on right now with this, the truth and transparency, and our our subtopic for this week is the truth about grief and loss. Tamara, share your guys, Dwayne, share your story where you guys were, because not long ago, yes. we were all together, same church, worshiping and, yes. you know, together in ministry. And, you know, when we were together, even before that, we were yeah. sharing some some interesting news, some happy news. We were excited yes. and where we yeah. were with that. And take us through where the news has taken you. Okay. Absolutely. So last year this time, um, I didn't know yet, but I was pregnant. And um, I found out on January 22nd, which was actually the week of my mom's death anniversary that we were going to have a fourth baby. And it was a shock to Dwayne. Remember we talked about that before. It was a shock. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like over the moon excited. Dwayne was... Scared. Yes. He was the face right now. Until you went right back to that moment. You were like... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, He couldn't believe it. But that's something that I was secretly praying for. For almost 13 years because I knew right after I had my youngest daughter Kayla that I wanted to have another child but I knew that he wasn't quite so ready being the sole provider and head of the household so I was just kind of giving him time to catch up to me Um, (laughs) to kind of get on with God's plan that you had already paid for I got you yeah so it, that came as a shock, and then we and I was in the middle of school because I had gone back yeah. to school yeah, to yeah, yeah. get my degree in psychology. Yeah. So, um, as soon as I found out that I was pregnant, I kind of instinctually knew that this was going to be a different pregnancy, mm. given the fact that I'm a lot older. Um, and I hate to use this term, but that's what they use in the medical world. It's called a geriatric pregnancy. So after 35, a woman's fertility goes on the decline. So when you become pregnant after 35, they consider it to be a geriatric pregnancy, which to me just means, or it it kind of insinuates that there could be some problems with, it's not going to be as straightforward as pregnancy in a younger woman. Okay. Or so everybody believes, but that's not actually true to form i think it's yeah it differs from woman to woman (laughs) okay Okay. so um i knew that and in knowing that i decided to i had just started spring semester i decided to drop my classes because i wanted to focus on staying healthy and having a healthy pregnancy and eventually a healthy baby so i already knew i didn't want to be stressed out in the pregnancy sure so I dropped my classes and everything was going great. Um, now your daughter and you were, were classmates. Yeah, we were so, classmates. So how did she yeah. feel with you not being in class? Well, anymore? by the spring semester, we had parted ways. So okay. in the fall semester, we were together okay. and we got through all of that great. And then spring semester, we were still going to the same school, but we were, weren't in the same classes. Got so we would still it. drive together, but we weren't doing the same things. Gotcha. Um courses. So um, once I dropped, everything was going great. And then about at 10 weeks, I was in my bed. I had just eaten breakfast Mm. and I felt a gush. And I thought maybe I went to the bathroom on myself, but I'm like, I'm not that pregnant that 
the baby would be sitting on my bladder. So I rushed to the bathroom and we're bleeding. Mm. And it is a God awful amount of blood. Like I'm, I was sure that I was losing the baby Mm. right then and there. And I just remember my heart was just racing and I'm like, what do I do? I lost all sense of time. All I just lost sense, period. Sure. And the only thing that I could do was cry out to God and say, God, please don't take my baby. Mm. Please, God, please don't take my baby. So he had just left to drop the kids to, to school, school and I had to call him to come back to the house. Um, my oldest daughter, Olivia, is there. She's seeing everything. Um and she's like, mommy, pray, pray, pray. And I'm like, I, the only thing I could say was God, don't take my baby. I couldn't find any other mm-hmm. words mm-hmm. and I'm crying out to God. And then he gets there and we call the insurance company. Um, we are with, I can't say it, right. but right. we call and they tell us go to the ER. Sure. Um, don't come to urgent care or anything like sure. that. Um, so we go to the ER and then we wait. And I'm like, I just told you I am 10 weeks pregnant and bleeding like it's gushing. And they're like, have a seat and wait. And Mm -hmm. so we waited for like how long? At least a couple of hours. Yeah. Before they even called me back. Yeah. Meanwhile, I keep running to the bathroom because I can feel blood gushing. And I don't know what's going on. I don't know if the baby passed at home. I don't know if the baby passed in the bathroom at the ER. I don't know if the baby's still in there. I don't know anything except for I'm bleeding. No cramping, no pain, just a lot of blood. Um, and I know that's TMI, but no, you know how we roll. Yeah, it's, it's, it's what we do. Right? <laughs> I'm going to tell it. I'm yeah. going to tell it all. Yeah. Um, so finally, they call me back and they do a lot of blood work and then they sent us back to the waiting room to wait some more. Then finally they do an ultrasound. But no one has ever given you a point to even help assist with the bleeding. No, no. I had to bring my own female stuff with me. Um, They didn't give me anything. They didn't, not even a cup of water. Wow. Yeah. Literally they checked my urine and then have a seat. So then when the nurse comes to get me, they're asking me a bunch of questions. How far along are you? And it's so weird because they're like, oh, congratulations. And I'm like, what part of I'm bleeding do you not understand? And they're like, well, that doesn't mean anything. You know, women bleed a lot. There could be many causes for bleeding during pregnancy. So they're just kind of nonchalantly going on business as usual. I'm terrified. He is concerned and helpless because there's nothing that he can really do for me besides sit with me sure so finally they call us back for the ultrasound and i couldn't even look at the screen because i didn't know what we would find Mm. and i'm holding his hand and the sonographer she is so quiet it was like you could hear a pin drop the only thing that i could hear in the room was the ac going and then she turns the screen and she goes baby's okay and the heartbeat is 171 beats per minute. Well, at least he was respectful enough to keep the screen turned to her. Yes, yes, uh, at know, first, and just in case, you sure. know. And I was just like, whew, sigh of relief. So then my next question is, okay, then why are we bleeding? Of course, she can't answer that because they never do. Right. Um, um, you have to wait for the doctor to come in. So right. then they send me back out to the waiting room to wait some more. And then finally, after about an hour 
or so of the second hour of waiting second series no this is about this is yeah this is about, about like probably four or five four hours or five now. hours now yeah it was a lot of waiting it was a long time yeah we were there yeah. the entire day because yes. i got there at eight o'clock in the morning we didn't leave wow. until three in the afternoon wow yeah and that's me sitting out in the waiting room they didn't give me a bed or anything that's just me sitting up in a chair like i am right now uncomfortable uncomfortable 10 hours. weeks pregnant and bleeding and bleeding yeah so um the doctor comes in and she explains to me that i have a subchorionic hemorrhage in, in, which in english that means <laughs> which means when the egg um, attaches to the uterine wall, sometimes a pocket of blood forms and the egg does not get to properly attach itself. So usually what happens is it will either absorb, my body will absorb that, that blood clot. It turned, it's a hematoma. Sure. Um, my body would either absorb it or I would bleed out. So that's where the bleeding was coming from. That was a lot of blood though. It was a lot of blood, a massive amount of blood. Um, okay. So she said there was not anything that they could do for it. It has to just either bleed out and dry up or my body absorbs it and we go along. The good news was that the baby was fine and heartbeat was strong. And so they just have to watch me closely. So by this time now, I get back to my OBG and we're going for weekly appointments. And at the point that I started bleeding, I was 10 weeks pregnant. And so for the next six weeks, we had weekly appointments. Um, we did the genetic testing. We found out we were having a boy. We named him Nathaniel Elisha wow. Ashvik Johnson. Wow. And yeah, we so were... trying to spell that a lot. Oh, time. I know, right? Yeah, <laughs> we were wow. just grateful that he was still hanging in there. Sure. Um, we got to see him growing, getting stronger every day. Sure. I started to feel his little kicks. Sure. And... Um, one of the sonograms that are most vivid to us, um, we were doing an initial anatomy scan and he was so full of energy and just the sweetest little thing I had ever laid eyes on mm. outside of my girls. And he turned to the camera. It's almost like he knew we were looking at him. Sure. Turns to the camera and pokes his tongue out like... You know, like a little kid. And I'm like, look at you. And he's just like kicking and moving. And it was just the most amazing thing to see our son. I always wanted a son. I prayed and prayed and prayed and asked God for a son. And I kept getting girls. (laughs) So after a while, I was like, okay, God, I guess we'll just have the girls. And I'm grateful for them, too, because, you know, we've dealt with infertility as well. So, um just to be able to get pregnant sure. was blessing. So right. Nathaniel mm-hmm. was like gonna be our ta-da, yeah, like yeah, and yeah. then we're done. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, but things took a nosedive. Mm. So at 16 weeks and four days, went in for a regular checkup. One of these weekly schedules. Weekly schedules. Weekly yep. Okay. And um it's so funny because motherly instinct is it's real and i remember the night before maybe a couple of days before i kept saying to Dwayne, i don't he's not moving mm. i don't feel him and it was in that weird phase of pregnancy where they're just beginning to move and their kicks are getting some strength in them sure. 
Um, so sometimes I feel them and sometimes I don't. Sure. But I noticed I hadn't felt anything mm. in a couple days. And so he's assuring me, babe, no, he's probably just sleeping. You remember, he's still he's still pretty little, sure. you know, so you may not feel everything, but I'm pretty sure he's okay. But in the back of my mind, mm. something was not right. Gotcha. So that morning, as we were getting ready, um, I had already started buying some clothes for him and just kind of preparing my home for the baby. At this point, I'm almost four and a half months pregnant. So right, right. we, in a matter of months, we're going to have a little one. Sure. And um, I remember looking in up at the clothes hanging in my closet and this dreadful thought came to my mind, which was, I'm never going to see you in these clothes. And then immediately I was like, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke and bind. I was tearing down and, yeah, you know, yeah. I speak life and you know, doing what I knew to do, right, right. but I think my heart already knew, my spirit already knew that was not going to be the case mm. because we get to the appointment, Doc's asking me, how am I doing? Is baby moving? And I said, well, you know, he moves when he wants to, but I noticed I haven't really felt anything. And she's like, okay, well, let's take a look. You know, sometimes they can flip around and, you know, depending on where your placenta is, the placenta can block the movement so she puts the thing on my belly and quiet once again it's that dreadful you can hear a pin drop yeah and she says i'm not seeing what i need to see and i took a breath and i said okay but i already knew and then she says okay well we're going to do a vaginal because we were on top of the belly. So now they're going to do a vaginal ultrasound, okay. which is internal that gives a clearer picture, sound, and everything. So she does that, and she says what I what no parent wants to hear. I mean, it literally knocks the wind out of your lungs. And she says, Miss Johnson, I'm so sorry. Mr. Johnson, I'm so sorry. There's no heartbeat. Mm. She turns the screen. Well, when I looked at the screen and I saw him, I turned to Dwayne. I said, he's not moving. Mm -hmm. And he said, don't worry, he's just sleeping. And she's jiggling, you know, trying to get a response. Yes. And oh, yeah. my baby was curled up in a little ball with his hands by his face. And he went to sleep. Mm. And he did not wake up. And... I don't even know how we composed ourselves in that moment. I, I remember letting out a cry that was not like this earth. And the doctor's crying and she brings in another doctor to just check and make sure that she's seeing things correctly. And that doctor confirms, I'm sorry, you know, he's gone. Then they leave the room and they leave us alone to cry for a few minutes. And I am just reeling with devastation and just I cannot believe this is my life right now I'm I was not prepared to, to hear this yeah. today and so we compose ourselves uh, the doctor comes back and then I'm asking well what do I do now and she says well you only have two options you can either have a dilation and evacuation or we can induce labor and you can give birth to him. My immediate 
response was, I'm giving birth because I want to hold my baby. I need to see him. I need to kiss him goodbye. I need to count his fingers and his toes. I need to hold him. I need to bond with him. I need that. Um, the dilation and evacuation is, it's, it's, a very sterile medical term, but what it really is, is the abortion procedure. That's what it is. And it is gruesome and it doesn't leave you anything to hold by the time they're done. Wow. And I didn't want that. Even though Nathaniel was already gone, I did not want his body massacred. Right. I wanted to hold my baby. Problem with that is one costs more than the other. And given that I was already hemorrhaging in throughout the pregnancy because the bleeding never stopped. So it, it slowed down, but I still was bleeding for six weeks. Um, so they, you know, they were really concerned. Right. For, for my health. health because when you go into labor before you're ready, the placenta doesn't want to detach from the uterine wall and that can cause you to bleed out. Mm -hmm. So that was their concern. If you give labor, um, if you go into labor and you give birth to him, the placenta may not detach and then we would have to go in and do a DNC right then and there and clean everything out. We could puncture your womb. Like there's, a, there's factors that could go wrong. I have high blood pressure. Like it just was a horrible mix of not right circumstances. Yeah. Like nothing was right about anything at this point moving forward. And so we went home and she's like, well, you don't have to decide now. And you could possibly go into labor at home and he could come out at home, which in case is also dangerous because you could bleed out immediately. Um, so I'm like, Lord Jesus, keep him in there because <laughs> yeah. I don't want and I would not have wanted to do that at home in front of my girls. And yeah. that would have been very traumatic um, for all of us. So now we have to go home and tell our girls. And we had just texted them while we were in the waiting room. We finally decided on a name. That was the last thing I said to my girls that day. Wow. And so now I have to come home and tell them their brother is dead. Yeah, it was, um, <clears throat> it was really, really heartbreaking to, 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 to see my girls break down. You know, they were celebrating. They were excited yeah. because that was the last name. That's what, that was the last text we sent them when we decided on the name. And you sent him, sent them the name. They yeah. sent him the name. This is his name. And uh, you know, at that point, you know, when they when we came back home, they're expecting to hear Nathaniel is fine, everything yeah. is good, and yeah. stuff. And you know, so we sat them down and we told them, um, you know, Nathaniel passed away. That he. Uh, he went to heaven. Yeah. You know, he 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 got a body. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh yeah. you know, he went. It was it was really sad. And it, 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 it started at from that moment, you know, it started the um our there are a lot of things that happened in between there then, but then we that's where the grieving process yeah. just started yeah. for us. Yeah. And um you know, 
had to call family members to let them know what had happened, yeah. um, friends, and um, you know, and the and then the the grief took um, different paths. Oh, it took for a us, real path, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. so you know, you know, this 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 could be a long. Uh, we could give you the, the, all the details behind it, but from the from the grief aspect of it, you know, um, my first thing as as the husband, the uh, head of the household, the dad, you know, I wanted to find a way. God, is there ways that I can fix this? Yeah. How can I fix this? How can we? You know, we. I remember praying. Can you bring him back to life? You've raised other people yeah. from the dead. Can you, you know, yeah. and um, it's, you know, I prayed about that. I prayed, you know, about how can I support Tamara, yeah. you know, through this. Yeah. Um, because I knew that at this point, even though I'm praying and I knew that, okay, you know, the Lord has allowed for this to happen. Yeah. I don't know why. Sure. Yeah. Right. My initial reaction was, I'm disappointed. Mm. My next reaction right after that was, I'm angry. Yeah. You know, and then I f felt helpless. Mm. And, you know, so in my mind, what else can I do? I have to get back to work. Mm. So I started working, you know. To cope and deal. To, to, to cope and deal yeah. Yeah. with yeah. that. Where whereas Tamara had to deal with the grief in a in a totally different yeah, yeah. manner yeah yeah mine I don't even know where to begin to tell you it uh, I was disillusioned I was so angry I could spit fire like I I shut down from everyone and everything. Um, we sent out the initial, this is what has happened. And then I asked everybody to just leave me alone. I needed privacy. Mm. I needed, I couldn't face the people that I loved yeah. because I felt like I had failed them. Mm. I felt like I promised them a treasure and mm. now I haven't delivered on my promise. Mm. And that really messed me up. Um, and I also did not want their pity looks. I did not want the, oh, we're yeah. so sorry. Yeah. I couldn't deal yeah. with those type of responses. Yeah. That's not what I needed at that time. Yeah. Um, and I also, if I'm going to be 100% honest, I most certainly was not about to deal with, well, you know, God knows best. Mm. It just wasn't meant to be. Yeah. Everything yeah. happens for a reason. Yeah. Um, when someone has lost a child, a loved one, and you're grieving, that is not the thing that you should say. No, it, it's it's never the thing you no. should say. I don't no. care how well intended. Sure. Um, it's never the well intention received. is it's not appropriate to say no. to them because in that moment, all that they know is that someone that they have been loving, whether it was five seconds or fifty years, yeah. is no longer. Yeah. That's not meant to be. Yeah. 
that's not meant to be. I'm supposed to hold my baby. Yeah. I'm supposed to hear him cry. I'm yeah. supposed to smell his hair and yeah. feel his skin and feed him and cuddle him and yeah. change his diapers. I'm supposed to do those yeah. things. You're supposed to have conversations with your loved one. You're supposed to make plans with them. You're yeah. supposed to laugh with them and cry with them and you know, all the things that you do with someone that you love. And then when that is taken from you, the last thing you want to hear is, well, that's just how it was supposed to be. No. We were one of those texts mm-hmm. that went out and received. Yeah. Right. Gut punch? Sure. I, yeah. I'm sure the, the one I felt was nothing on the magnitude of what you yeah. guys felt. But it was one of those, well, what do I do? Right. And we cried. I remember yeah. I cried for you. Yeah. And I think I'm more cried because we couldn't, we had to respect yeah. what you guys asked for and not mm-hmm. help. Yeah. And I'm like, Dwayne, I wanted to help fix something. I was yeah. like, well, because you had taught the kids how to make cheesecake. I was yeah. like, oh, guys, we can make cheesecake for me, Mr. Mara, you know, Mr. Dwayne. We can do something yeah. to make them cheer up because something. Yeah. Right. And we couldn't do that. I was like, all right, just respect. Just, yeah. just sit back. It'll, it'll, you'll get something you can do at some point. And, yeah. And right. I remember reaching out later. I was like, yes. Yeah, you had said, please forgive me. I know you said not to. And I really appreciate that, Craig, because one of the things that grief brings is it's everybody grieves differently. First of all, let me just say that my grief is not going to look like the next mom's grief. Um, And her story is different from mine. Um, But there are some things that are alike or similar in that it is natural Um, for some people to just want that privacy. When I went to therapy, my therapist best explained it as cocooning. Mm -hmm. Um, So basically, grief takes a lot of energy. It takes a lot out of you. Um, In the beginning stages, you're just trying to survive. And if I could describe it, it's kind of like somebody swimming you way out into the ocean and leaving you there with no lifeboat, no life vest, no paddle, nothing to hold on to. You are treading water and the waves are crashing over your head. And it's everything that you can do to stay above water to catch a breath. That's kind of how it was for me in the beginning. I just was I just was sinking deeper, deeper, deeper into the sadness and the gravity of the loss. Um, I remember, so on, we had to choose the DNA. So that meant I didn't get to see my baby. I didn't get to hold him. Um, wow. And that killed me. I, <sighs> that is not something that I have fully come to terms with yet. Sure. I, um, I feel like I made the wrong choice, Um, but it was what was necessary at the time because you have to think, I still have three children to go home to. I still am a mom. And my mother's heart wanted to hold her baby, but I still have three living babies that need me. I couldn't make the selfish choice of wanting to hold my baby when it could risk my life and take me out of here and take me and Nathaniel away from them. I have to think about that. So I had to make the choice that my heart did not want. That's a good word though. Okay. Because yeah, he's my baby, but at the end of it, I'm still mom. So now I have to mother my deceased child Mm -hmm. 
and mother my living children. And just because your baby dies, you, there's still a bonding that has to happen. There's still a, a type of mothering. It's mothering mm. in a different way oh, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. that still needs to happen. And so on the day of my procedure, I was a wreck because I knew what was about to happen. And I didn't want that. And they were so sterile and lack of compassion, um, the hospital staff. To them, it's just a procedure. They don't see it as a child. Yeah. They didn't see it as my baby. Yeah. They saw it as the term removal of pregnancy. What? And so the, the nurse hands me the paper and he says, well, Ms. Johnson, you're here today for removal of pregnancy. Sign here. And I broke down. And that's when he realized it is not just a removal of pregnancy. I didn't sign up for this. I'm not willingly walking in here and asking you all to desecrate my baby's body and remove him from mine. Did, there, did the, at least that person's response change? Yeah, a little bit. And he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. And he hands me a box of tissue. And he's trying to quickly go through the rest of the paperwork. And I understand that for legal reasons, they there's certain terminology that they have to use. Yeah, yeah. But I want to interject at this point and say to any medical professionals out there that work in this area, Please remember that the person signing the paper has lost their child. Yeah. It's not a ball of tissue. Mm -hmm. It's not a mass of anything. It's a baby with a head, fingers, toes, arms, genitals, a heart that yeah. no longer beats, yeah. organs, eyes, ears. Yeah. A living thing that was alive and is no longer alive. So be careful how you communicate. You know, I understand you all have to say certain things, but it would have been better if he said, Miss Johnson, I have to explain the paperwork to you. That's very sterile. But I want you, I want to acknowledge that this is a life that's lost. Yeah. So please forgive me in the terms that I'm obligated to use. Sure. Acknowledge that there was life. I'm not just a patient. I'm not just a patient on a roster that day. I'm a grieving mother. This is a grieving father yeah. that has to watch his wife lay in a bed and go through a procedure and he can't even be there to hold her hand. Oh, you couldn't be in the room? No. No. Because it was surgery. They put me to surgery. sleep. They, they the whole kit and caboodle. Yeah. They, he kissed me goodbye and I had to be wheeled out into the OR by myself by myself wow and they give me the medicine and they say relax it'll be it'll be over soon i don't want it to be over i don't want to say goodbye i want my baby back yeah. yeah and so the last thing i remember is them asking me to shift myself to the operating table and all of these lights are glaring in my face uh -huh. The anesthesiologist says, take a breath. And next thing you know, I woke up to the sound of my own voice wailing. Where's my baby? 
I want my baby back. And all the nurse could say to me was, shh, it's done now. You're all done. It's all done. Calm down, calm down. And I am screaming, where's my baby? I want my baby back. They pull me into the recovery room. I'm in pain. I'm having contractions because they have to give me Pitocin. So I still gave birth in a way. Now they're giving me Pitocin because now my uterus has to be shrunken down. And once again, we're bleeding and I'm in excruciating pain. And I'm asking the nurse and I'm telling her, why does it hurt so much? Why does it hurt so much? She's like, oh, we have to give you Pitocin and you have to finish the whole bag. And the bag is very big. And she's like, you're just going to have to go through it. And I'm like, um, I'm in a hospital. Where does, where's the drugs? <laughs> like, you put me to sleep to do the procedure. Like, do I not get any pain medicine? No, you have to ask for that. Well, I'm not in the presence of mind to know that I have to, to ask you to give me pain medicine. It wasn't until the doctor, the surgeon came in and I said to her, I am in pain. I could barely breathe through the contractions. And she was like, have they not given you anything? And I said, no. And she was like, oh, you're supposed to ask. You could have told me that pre-op. You could have told him yeah. so that he right. could remind Advoc the nurse, hey. Advocate for you. Right. Yeah. So there wasn't anybody there to advocate for me. There wasn't a chaplain that came to pray with us before the procedure. There wasn't anyone there to comfort us, to be there for us. We literally were brought into a room, sat down, given a bunch of consent forms to sign. And there starts the procedure. They do the EKG. They do this. They do all of the procedural things that need to be done. Not once did anybody ask me how I was doing. Not one time. So that just... Um, that added that to the grief. Added, yeah. That experience for sure. added to the grief. Um, and it, it, you know, it, uh, it gave us the a really bad... Uh, taste in our mouth in regards to um, I wouldn't say the medical profession I sure. would just say it just gives us a bad taste in our mouth in regards to um, how or how we were to how we were treated yeah the lack of the care. lack of care yeah but now yeah. moving forward what we what what we looked at that we got home and Tamara has to heal and um, she's going through the process of healing and this is where um on our minds you know because all the physical stuff was done now yeah so now but the mental now the mental uh, so how portion did you, of it how did you where did, i mean it's like unraveling a ball of yarn that is massively tangled one piece is indistinguishably connected to another and you're literally grasping at pieces and the more you try to untangle it is the more tangled it becomes um in the weeks after i cried every day i cried all day uh, for several months 
kept asking why. Yeah, I, I couldn't pray. Like, I why couldn't, did this happen? I couldn't talk to God. I was mad at God. I didn't. I only wanted one question answered. Why did you do that? Why did you take my baby, God? I begged you not to. I asked you to bring him back to life. You chose not to do that. If you are the creator of all heaven and earth, then that means, and all my days are numbered, that means you knew that in my lifespan, this day was coming. Yeah. So that means you allowed this to happen? Why? Mm -hmm. Why, God? And Went through the radio day. silence. <laughs> it was nothing. Even even to this moment now, you haven't... No, I for... have an answer now. Okay, right. It is not what I want to hear. Right. Right, 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 right. <laughs> but from beginning to now, it took nine months. And it's so ironic that it took nine months for me to get to this place. Yeah. And, you know, you we you ask the questions. We pray. We... One of the things that we made sure that while we know we weren't we, we, we were not getting the answers and um, you know we we prayed about all oh, this just different things just try to figure out you know just give us a sign something sure. Lord sure um, it it never occurred to us that you know, we should turn away from God. It never once occurred to us yeah. that we should turn away from God. And the reason for that is because we already had a relationship with God. Sure. Our relationship is is so important to us. He is the core oh, sure. of our lives. Sure. And despite the fact that you know we were going through this and we were upset and we were saying we just did not get the answers that you, you are just not saying anything to us. Sure. We know in the back of our minds that God still loves us. Sure. Right? And he still loves our kids and he still is providing for us. He's still taking care of us. Um, I had to look, for me, I had to look at things outside of what was going on. Sure. You know, to say, thank you, God, for, you know, waking us up. Sure. In the next morning. Thank you for Wait, allowing It's almost Tamara. like we had to go back to basics. Yeah. Before we, we to... could really tackle the why. Yeah. Yes. We had to get back to the basics of, yes, Jesus loves me. Yes. Because this didn't feel like love. Yeah. This felt like an attack. This right. felt personal and intentional. So when you're trying to unravel that knot and know the character of God in that he loves all of his children. Yeah. And you're asking God a hard question. I know you said you love me, but you just allowed pain into my life. For what reason, God? How do I reconcile? And that? how That's do I reconcile? Yeah. And, and and we looked at it and we started, I, I, for me personally, I started wondering, did I do something wrong? Yeah. Because yeah. that, that, that was a did list. I, <laughs> did I... You know, I started going down the list of um, interactions I may have had with people, yeah. things past I may have sin said, in your past life, sin like, in my life. You, you just, know, just question start to, everything. You start to look yeah. at everything. Yeah. yeah. And you know, it 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 all came back to you know, you know, I felt like the Lord was saying to me, no, it just just had to happen. Mm. But it came back to me as why. Why right. did this had to happen? Yeah. Right. Because for me as a dad, I 
I was picturing me and the little guy, you know, you know, uh, dressing the same. <laughs> yeah. Little mini me. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. you know, we uh, we hanging out together. Uh, you know, we, you know, we play tennis. We do. You know, I, I had a vision of of just dream. I, I was just thinking, oh yeah, I can just imagine me going all the way and just just I was envisioning me and Nathaniel up until a certain age you know where he's older we're talking and but you know I had to go back and think to myself well tomorrow is promised to no one even though I see it even sure. though I look at things sure tomorrow is promised to no one sure you know so I had to go back and say, Lord, thank you for allowing me to see this day. This day. Yeah. <laughs> that was his journey. You know, that was my journey. My journey was something different. Right. <laughs> my journey was, I'm mad at you. I don't want to talk to you no more. You know, yes, I know you love me. And I, I know that you exist. But like, I literally began to question, well, what do you believe, Tamara? What do you really believe anymore? Because... Everything that I thought I knew about God came into question in that moment of, I'm sorry, there's no heartbeat. So where did you, where did you find so yourself? So I found myself distant from God, but still knowing and being very cognizant that I still need him. Okay, well then now what does that look like? Yeah. For me, that looked like journaling. So I... I needed something to do. I needed, my hands had to stay busy. I could not be alone by myself with my thoughts because then I would go to that dark place. And I remember um, shortly after the procedure, like maybe what, four weeks or so, four, 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 it, after the procedure, I had a, a moment of utter darkness. Like it was, that day was not a good day. Um, and we were, talking about did we want to try again and you know and his answer was no I never want to do this again that was another gut punch for me because I'm like what do you mean you don't want to try again I have to try again like no we I can't replace the baby that we've just lost but I can't it can't end it like can't this end like and yeah, I yeah. need I need redemption yeah, yeah and the yeah. only way for me to get redemption is to have another baby like you can't do this to me and he's like I never want to do this again so now we're arguing in the midst of grief yeah. and now I'm like oh my god are we gonna be okay are we gonna end up divorced like this is one of the things that yeah. kill marriages like where are we and that day I just remember going into my closet laying on the floor because I still hadn't unpacked Nathaniel's things out of his drawer. His things were still in the drawer, folded and ready for him. And um, I needed to be near my baby. And the only thing that I had of my baby were those clothes. And I spread a blanket out. I brought my pillow in there and I cried and I wept and I cried and I wept and I fell asleep and I woke up and I cried and I wept. And I don't know, I was in there all day, like my eyes were swollen, swollen, almost swollen shut from crying. And that was the day when I said, I don't want to live anymore. Mm. I don't want to be here. And I remember laying on the floor thinking, you have 
those incredibly strong pills that they gave you at the ER? Should I have gone into spontaneous miscarriage? She said the doctor had told me it would be painful. Um, so I could start taking the medicine, but to just be careful because they also gave me Narcan to revive me in case I overdosed. And I am not proud of this moment, but I'm sharing it because it's real. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember thinking, um, we have like a custom made closets. So there's space underneath the closet. And I thought, hide the Narcan. So throw it under the cabinet so nobody can find wow. it to revive me. Take those pills and just go to sleep. Wow. That was my plan. And I was like, but do you really want to leave, Dwayne? Do you really want to leave your children? What would happen to your girls? You know, that is the only thing that kept me from doing it that day. Had I not had my girls to live for, I would not be here right now. Wow. Because I was like, yeah, I don't want to live. Wow. I want to go and be with my baby and be done with the whole thing. I'm done. I'm tired. I'm tired of fighting. I'm tired of losing because what I haven't said up until now, I've had six years of loss. It's mm -hmm. not that I just lost my baby in 2014, which is what started it all. I lost my dad and then I lost my grandparents mm -hmm. and then I lost my aunt and then I lost my mom and now I've lost my baby. Mm -hmm. So it's been like death, 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 death. By this time, we're tired of death. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I'm like, I'm done. Why don't you just take me too? Because I, I can't do this anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every single time I feel like I've accepted a loss, another one comes. So I just was like, yeah, it's time to check out and go. That if my daughter hadn't come into the closet and checked on me, I was very certain that I was going to take my life that day. And my daughter came in and she's like crying and she's like, mommy, are you okay? And I'm telling her, no, I'm not okay. And he was buried in his work. So he didn't even know. Of course, we had argued the night before, so we weren't speaking. Sure. And then the next day I went to him and I told him and he was like, okay, no, we, we need to get you some help. You need to go see a therapist. Sure. Because I thought I could handle it on my own. After all, this is the sixth one. I'm a pro at this. I, I got this. But processing the loss of a parent is very different than processing the loss of a child. There are many other layers that you don't know about, which kind of brings me to today. Sure. So that was nine months ago. Wow. It's not until last weekend, right, that I finally got my why. Can, can you share the why? Um, absolutely, yes. I can okay. share the why. So um, a friend of mine had sent me a sermon about your belief system. Mm. And I listened to the sermon and it really, it just messed me up. It just really messed me up. But right before I listened to the sermon, I we sat down and we had dinner with some very good friends of ours um, who have been walking with us through this whole process. And we've known them Gosh, since we were teenagers. And um, one of the things that the husband asked me, he said, 
I said, you know, I need God to make this right. And he said, well, what would make this right for you? And I said, another child. It just fell right out of my mouth. I need another baby. Sure. That answer bothered me. As honest as it was, I was like, why that, Tamara? Why? Why why do you feel so strongly about having another child? You know that that child would not replace Nathaniel. So I'm trying to get to what is behind that? Because I'm a very self-aware person. So I already knew just from that answer, there must be something else behind that. Then his wife said something to me that really kind of unhinged me. And she said, I don't understand you, Tamara. And I said, what? And she's like, you are good at so many things. I got into crafting. I make journals from scratch. Um, I've done a lot of things in nine months. I've written blogs. We already know we sing. All of that. Owned a business. Owned a business. Yeah. Um, but make, make credible food. Make incredible, incredible food. Mm-hmm. Like I have all of. She's like you have. You are multi talented, but yeah. yet you you don't seem to see your own worth. You don't seem to to really see how good you are. And I looked at her and I said, What's I got to do well, with my baby? Yeah, because I've never felt good enough. And she says, what? And I said, yeah, I've never felt good enough. My whole life, I've not been good enough. And she's like, well, where did you get that? And I said, my childhood. Mm -hmm. From the things that I endured as a child, being abandoned by my father, verbally and physically abused by my mom, sexual abuse by family member. Yeah. So all of those things taught me and showed me to marry. You're not good enough. You know, so then that happens in early childhood. Now we're into our teen years. I'm not smart enough. I'm not skinny enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not worthy enough for anybody. Mm. And this is something that I believed about myself. But the one thing, the one thing that I knew I did well, that I believed I did well, was being a mom. Wow. And so here comes my sweet baby boy. And remember, I have all girls. And then I'm have finally getting my boy and he gets taken away. What's the first thing I said? Was I not good enough to raise a boy? Wow. God, was I was I not good enough for Nathaniel? And I'm I'm asking my dead baby. Did you change your mind about me? Did you not like me? Was I not going to be a good mommy to you? Is that why you left me? Like, I went there. Wow. Yeah. Because I needed to understand why. Yeah. Okay. So in all of my questioning, there was one point where God said to me, Tamara, you don't understand. Nathaniel is a part of your healing. And I'm like, how? How in the world you took him from me? How could he be a part of my healing? Explain. No answer. God is so funny. He doesn't give you the answers right away. So I'm like, okay, I take that nugget. And then that was prior to my conversation with my friend. Friend, So now that she asked me that, that falls out of my mouth. So now I'm like, okay, so something is there. There's a fungus among us. What's, 
<laughs> what is floating in the atmosphere of yeah. Tamara's heart, mind, soul, thought process, belief system? Something ain't right. Yeah. And it just agitated me, my answers to those questions. So I remember going downstairs into my craft space and I just was like, Lord, I need something today. I need, I need to do something. And I, I had a therapy appointment that day. So I went and I had an amazing therapy appointment. But on the way there, I decided to put in a worship CD, which something I hadn't been able to do very much of in nine months because sure. that's my love language yeah. with the Lord is worship. Sure. And when you're mad at God, you don't want to do the thing that you love the yeah. most of how you communicate with the Lord. So sure. I was withholding yeah. because I'm mad at you. Sure. And so I was like, no, today I think I want to listen to some worship music. So I'm listening to the music. I'm having a moment of authentic worship, which I have not had very much of in nine months. I go to my session, some things come out there. The whole I'm not good enough um, keeps coming up. And so my therapist is like, you know, that's a faulty belief system, right? And I was like, well, I know that now, Yeah. you know. Yeah. And slowly the dots are starting to connect for me. Then I remember a question that my dear friend asked me and she said would you have rather that nathaniel did not happen at all and this is where everything kind of came in i said no i said how could how could how could i say that how could you ask me that she was like so you would go through this again i was like yes i would go through it again because that mean that would mean that i did not get the privilege of hosting his beautiful soul i would not have seen his little tongue poking out like i wouldn't know the love of a son i wouldn't know what it's like to love a son i wouldn't know what it's like to be a mother to a son how could i say that i wish my son never happened no and i said and furthermore if he hadn't happened it wouldn't have exposed yeah. what was deep in my heart yeah. that I'm not good enough. Yeah. Nathaniel brought that out. Yeah. If Nathaniel hadn't come to me, I don't know that that would have been uncovered because it was buried so deep. Sure. One of the other things that was so buried so deep within that is that the Lord said to me, Tamara, do you not understand that your worth is not tied to you being a mother, your worth is not tied to your children. You don't understand that you're good enough because I am good enough. I would not have gotten there had I not gone through all of this. Do I still wish that my baby was here? Yes, I should have a three month old sitting on my lap right now. Sure. Cooing and kicking and carrying all on. Over the all over the place. Okay, I should be covered in spit up and dookie diapers and all kinds of foolishness. <laughs> yeah. I, that's what should be going on. Sure. But that is not what happened. But God does not waste anything nope. right. in your life. Yeah. He uses everything, good, bad, ugly, right, wrong, indifferent. He uses it all to deposit lessons and, and things that you need to know about yourself. Yeah. And... 
his character is unchanging through all of it. The whole time that I was mad at God, I'm like, you're not who you say you are. You're not. And I'm like, whoa, sister, hold, dial that back. Yeah. He is who he says he is. Yeah. We don't understand why he does the things that he does and we're not supposed to. Right. So when I'm questioning him on why, and that's why he says you ask and you have not. And when you do ask, yeah. you ask amiss because you do not really understand what you're asking. Yeah. yeah, yeah. My ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts, right? And so I'm only seeing it from my view, yeah. but he sees the whole big picture. Sure. And so from the moment that I found out that I was pregnant with Nathaniel, the first thing that I did was pray over him and say, baby, I don't know how you got here. I mean, I know, yeah. but I don't know <laughs> yeah. what what your purpose is, but I know you have destiny written all over you. Mm -hmm. I know that you have a purpose and you're going to fulfill it. And guess what? He, he did. did. He did. He did fulfill his purpose because he came for me. See, that's uh, and I was going to share that with you. Yeah. All right. The Lord had to take his life to save yours. Yes. yes. So if you don't, as you're seeing that now, yeah. you're ready for that. Yes. And when you began, when you shared the story, but when you found out, mm -hmm. the Lord had given me a vision mm -hmm. of how that took place. The way you described that mm -hmm. he had curled up in a ball and, mm -hmm. and gone to sleep. Yeah. He showed me the Lord had actually showed you so much life. He came personally. Yes. Yes. My baby boy came for me. He came for his but mama. But that's what's that. But God loved you so he yes, came he down sent. and got him yes. from you. Yes. And his body went to sleep. Yes. Perfectly peaceful. Yes. As he walked with Jesus. Absolutely. Back to Absolutely. Him. So you know you were already visited. By yes. God. Absolutely. But I had to go through right. that anger. Yeah. I had to. That anger was vicious. Yeah. That grief is a peculiar thing yeah. and and you know the initial stages it feels like it's going to snuff you out that yeah. thing feels like it's going to like yeah. i'm here to get you oh, yeah. that is not true yeah. grief it is peculiar but it's necessary yeah. and there is a point of peace within the grief process yeah. when everything comes into view sure. and i would say the more you wrestle with grief the harder the process is. Yeah. There is that initial wrestling because your mind has to kind of come to terms oh, sure. with what has happened so sure. suddenly. Sure. But once you stop fighting the waves and you learn to flow with the currents and you learn to ebb and flow, it doesn't mean that you're not gonna still feel things. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you're not gonna still have moments of sadness. Sure. You're human, so you're gonna have all of those feelings attached to it but when you learn to ride the wave as yeah. opposed to trying to you know swim out of the wave sure. just go with it so for me that looked like a lot of alone time um a lot of journaling crafting was my and still is my place of peace sure. because i'm doing something creative sure. i'm getting rid of the angst sure. that kind of that unsettling that kind of swims around in your heart and in your mind and it gave it gave me something to do sure. um 
you know, and then now I'm able to articulate before I couldn't talk about this without crying. Like I've, sure. I've wanted to cry many times in this podcast, sure. but I, I have something that I needed to say. So I'm sure. like, okay, girl, swallow that back. You can cry later yeah. before I couldn't control when the tears came. Sure. Now I'm, a, I have a little bit more control. I still have my moments sure. where I'm just like, I look at his sonogram pictures and I'm just like, Oh my God, like, yeah. Oh, I miss my baby, sure. you know? Um, and that's never going to go away. And yeah. grief is not something that you get over. It's something that you live through. Yeah, and so I am living through grief. My yeah. husband is living through grief. My children, we are living mm -hmm. through grief through grief and Nathaniel, even though he's not present in body, he's always with us. Oh, yeah, he's right. always with us. Sure. Everything that I do from this point on, my son will be with me. Sure. He's the reason why I'm here today. Sure. <laughs> sure. You know? And so I realized last weekend, just last weekend, when I was able to see that full picture and I said to Dwayne, it's almost like I was saying God was not enough for me. Mm. And I realized being a mom, though very noble and a good thing, sure. became an idol. Wow. Out of the faulty belief, that's the only thing I'm good for. It separated you from God. Yes. 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 And you know, for 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 uh, for men, um, I wouldn't say this in general, but um, during my grieving process, I was, you know, listening to a few different podcasts on grief, and uh, you know, some of the men, well, majority of the men, would dive into work, mm -hmm. and they would try to do things that will try to let them forget. Yeah what happened yeah, yeah, yeah. right whereas you know some of the other men that i listened to on this podcast um you know they what they did was they were so uh covered in the grief that they couldn't do anything lost mm -hmm. jobs went into alcoholism you know drugs smoke whatever it is sure. to try and snuff it out sure but but either approach was not the good approach was not is was not approach where you cannot just ignore it. No. Yeah. You can't ignore it by working all the time, or you can't ignore it by putting yourself into a position where you're just so numb. Yeah. 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 Right? Yeah. So, you know, the Lord really showed me through this that and and, and also Tamara, because there was a time where I was working so much that I forgot um, to take the time to grieve. Sure. Yeah. Right. Sure. So, you know, I I may I would be watching something, and then all of a sudden, you know, a reaction came out. Sure. And I'm like, where is this coming from? Sure. And you know, I remember Tamara saying to me, you know, the first thing you need to do is you can't bottle it up so much yeah. because it's going to explode. Oh, yeah. So what you need to do is, and she would say, you just do, psst, psst, just, just take valve. it out, release mm -hmm. valve, yeah. just yeah. take it out a little bit, little by little, little by little. Yeah. And I started talking to the Lord, I started asking the Lord. I was doing more talking. 
And then I decided, you know what? I'm just going to listen now. Mm, I need to listen. That's good. Because I think I'm doing so much talking that sometimes I feel like I was confusing myself. Mm -hmm. I was getting, you know, the more I talked, the more I spoke about things, the more I start to say things, it felt like I was not giving him the opportunity to, to speak, speak. To speak. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So what I did was I said, Lord, please, you know, before, in from all my in all my years, when I walk with the Lord, he normally speaks to me when I'm sleeping. Mm -hmm. And during that time, I had sound sleep because I was physically tired. Yeah. But I woke up and I never felt anything. So then I said, Lord, please start speaking to me again. Please act. Just, just, you know, I, I want to hear from you. Yeah, yeah, that's good. You know? That's good. And, I, and I, I went to bed, slept, and I had a dream. I had a dream about Nathaniel. Uh, I didn't know it was Nathaniel mm, at the good. time. I, I was dreaming that I was at a, I was going somewhere and this is a it was a long story but the i'll just condense it and i kept in i kept going to this field this open field and it was i know it was my land i was on this land and it was nice and green but every but every time i walked out to the land there was this one spat this one patch where it looked like someone just took my lawnmower and just drove right through it and just killed the grass. And I was so upset in that dream. I kept saying, why, who is doing this? Yeah. And I remember saying to Tamara in my dream, why, who is doing this? And there was this big tree in the middle of the land. And it, you know, Tamara said, well, let's just see where this path goes. Let's see where they're going. So we walked the path mm. and I ended up to this place where it was nothing but boys, just young boys there. And they were, they were playing and they were, you know, hanging out and everything. And before that, I was actually, I, I looked again and I went to another path and there was this house and the house was destroyed. Like it was just mangled, just everything. And I went into the house to start picking out some things to see Oh man, maybe you know the people may need this. I was trying to help. Yeah. I didn't know whose house it was, but I saw people around, and I was trying to help pick some stuff out. And to the to my right, I saw this little boy standing. So I saw him standing, looking at me, and I went over and I said, "Hey, you know, was this your house? Do you need help? Where are your parents?" So I'm standing and I'm looking at him and I'm saying, where are your parents? You know, do you need me to carry to your parents? And he kept pointing at me. So I'm looking behind Boys. me to see who is he pointing at? So I, I, I said, okay, let me take you over. I saw this guy. So I took him over to the guy and I said, are you the person who is in charge of all these kids here? And he says, yes. So I said, okay, well, this little kid here was standing over by the house. He saw me pulling things out. And I said, and he said, oh, okay. So I, 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 uh, I said, I handed, handed the kid, the boy, off to this leader. So I went back. Then the dream changed. 
and I'm back in this land and I'm saying, okay, oh, the grass is nice and green. And then I saw that same thing again. And I said, who keeps mowing my lawn like this? So I said, okay, you know what? Let me do what Tamara says. Let me walk this path and see what's going on. So I walk the path and lo and behold, while I'm walking the path, I'm heading, all of a sudden I realize I'm not walking alone. I'm walking with Tamara, I'm walking my girls and we're heading to, uh, to, to this field. And before that, then they left. Then they said, okay, we'll meet you there. So I said, okay, but I kept, I'm walking on this path still. And I heard some footsteps behind me. Mm. So turn around and it's the same kid that I saw that was looking at me picking stuff through the rubble. And I said, oh man, you lost again? What's going on? Why, why are you still here? <laughs> so I said, you know, you need to go back to the, to the, to, to the leader who, who was taking care of the other kids. And um, he kept coming with me. So I said, where are your parents? Where are your parents? And he kept pointing. So I'm looking behind me and I'm saying, who is he talking about? I said, okay, you know what? Let me, let me uh, come on. I'm not going to leave you here alone. Let me take you back to the field. I think that's where I'm going. I head back there and there was this bench and the leader was there. And I said, hey, um, you know, he said, oh, hey, Dwayne, what's going on? And I said, oh, you know, I saw this little, this little boy before I could say to him, I saw this little boy again. And, you know, let me just bring him back to you. He said, oh, I see you, um, I see you brought your son with you. Wow. So I said, my son? And I said to him, you mean when I was asking you where your parents, you were pointing at me, you're, you're saying that I was your, your parent? And, uh, and the guy said, yeah, this is your boy. Wow. And I said, is this Nathaniel? He said, yes, he's with me. <laughs> and I, I realized, oh man, the Lord is saying to me, I have him. I'm here. He's about. here. You have nothing to worry about. You have nothing to worry about. I cried. I woke up in the morning and I told Tamara about it. And I said, you know, boy, he's good. He's really he's good. Okay. Do you know what he's the house okay. represented? And the purpose was, when I was thinking about it, I said, Lord, you kept asking me. I kept saying, why is this person keep mowing this thing in my grass? Why? But everything wasn't perfect. Okay. It wasn't perfect. I, I, in my mind, the nice green grass, that was perfect because I did it. Yeah. 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 But then... <laughs> you know, I was so caught up in that one patch and that one patch kept me going. And I, I said, let me just keep going and taking that step. And as I looked at it, I realized the Lord said, listen, everything is not going to be as perfect as your dream. And everything is not going to be as perfect as you envision it. But one thing I need to let you know is that you know, I brought your son. Mm -hmm. 
Your son is here with me. You don't have to worry about it. You know, and I was caught up on the patch. I was caught up on the fact that everything wasn't together the way it was. You know, I was so caught up on the fact that someone drove a lawnmower that it was brown going through. And I was so caught up on the fact that this thing is brown, everything else is green. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that brown spot, it took me, it gave me the answer that I was looking for. Yeah, got your attention. It got my attention. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and uh, I know, I said, Lord, thank you. Thank you for not, you know, not giving up on me. Yeah. You and know, for being so and patient. And so being so patient with me yeah. because when you, when, when you look at grief, you can go around and say, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. But God knows your heart. Mm-hmm. God knows what's going on. Yes, he does. And we just have to really, it doesn't even take, 10 words. You just no, said, Lord, you can't speak to hide. Me. Yeah. You can't hide Please, just your speak grief to me. from God. He knows. Yeah. He knows. He know he knew I was mad at him. He knew Dwayne was angry. Yeah. You know, and I've never in my relationship with the Lord, I've mm-hmm. never intentionally hid things from God. Yeah. Because what's the point in, yeah. in being in a relationship with him? Yeah. If you're going to hide things. So I've always kind of approached God with this very open, okay, Lord, maybe I might need to get it a couple of times before it really sinks in, but don't leave me here. Yeah. You know, please, God, don't leave me here in this place because my heart is that I do want to get better. I do want to grow. I do want to walk the path that you have set for me. But I understand that there's some things that I have to unearth sometimes. There's some lessons that I have to learn and relearn. And there's also some things that I have to unlearn um, in the process. But please just don't leave me this way because I don't want to be this way. I want to be what you created me to be. And I understand that that requires my participation. So just like when you're being rescued, you know, from the ocean, they drop a ladder down to where you are. You still have to climb that ladder. No one is going to climb that ladder for you. And as bad as you want to get out of that ocean, it is a scary thing climbing that ladder because it's unstable. The wind is blowing. You got the propellers going and it's blowing you every which you're wearing. You are hanging on for dear life. And so your rescue process is not just a matter of somebody come and pluck me out of this water. You Mm. have to participate with your rescue, which means that you have to look at the uncomfortable things. You have to to sit with the feelings oh, yeah. and, and it's so easy to numb out. But I want to say that's, that's not going to take you very far and that's not going to last long because yeah. as soon as the numbing wears off, guess who's there yeah. waiting like, Hey, are we going to do this today or not? Yeah. You know, and a lot of people have said to me, Oh, you're so brave. You're so courageous. I don't know if it's a matter of bravery or courage. At this point, for me, it, it was a matter of life and death. Yeah, yeah. It's not about being brave. Nobody joins the line and says, "Yeah, I want to sign up to have a miscarriage and become suicidal and <laughs> you know be on antidepressants and you know." 
Nobody signs up willingly for that. But when you Mm. realize, wait a minute, the devil is trying to take me out. I want to live. I have a reason to live. And it's not just my girls. I got stuff to do. God has stuff for me to do. And if I leave right now, then the devil wins. Right. And he the, succeeded. I love the story, the journey. In fact, it took nine months. Yeah. The whole gestation exactly. period. Exactly. To give birth to these thoughts. Yes. And to what your relationship with God really, really is. Yes. Because without any of that, your your whole bloodline then becomes yeah. polluted with that, that false that relationship. That's right. Yes. So you've been able to cut that off. So yes. You, so your girls don't have to perpetuate that to their exactly. children. Absolutely. Children. Exactly. Absolutely. So that is a huge exactly. fulfillment. Yes. Of Nathaniel's Nathaniel life. Nathaniel had purpose. Oh yeah. And he fulfilled. Oh yeah. His purpose. Oh yeah. Little booger. <laughs> My little booger f- oh, yeah. fulfilled his purpose. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He absolutely did. And so while I miss him, sure. I can say, thank you, God. Yeah. Yes. Thank you, Jesus, that you loved me that much. Thank you, Jesus, that you loved me enough yep. to break me. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Because I was broken. I'm still broke. <laughs> yes. Okay. But he loved me that much. And so what I want to say to anyone listening to this podcast that has lost their baby. To that mama, I want to say, I'm sorry. I am so sorry that your heart is broken right now. And I understand the depths and the pain that you feel in your heart because I feel it every day still. And it is going to take some time. And I can't tell you how long your time is going to be. I can't tell you when your process will come to this point of understanding. All I'm going to say to you is hang in there. Hang on. Keep going. Do what you have to do. It's okay to cry. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to not be okay. It's okay to not go to things. It's okay to say no. It's okay. And it's okay to talk about your child. It's okay to say your baby's name. Those things help your heart to heal. Because you can't act like that didn't just happen. You can't. You know. Your body knew. It's okay. Say your baby's name. Give your baby a name. If you were early in pregnancy and you don't even know if it was a boy or a girl, give your baby a name so that your heart can make peace with what has happened and so that your child has a name. Yeah. And 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 understand this, if this was your first baby sure. and you lost your baby, you're still a mommy. Yeah. yeah. You just parent differently now. Yeah. That's that good. does not mean that you're not a mom. So I want to encourage those women, don't feel like you can't talk about your baby or you can't count your baby because society would have you believe oh well you lost a baby in the first trimester oh it, it, it that one didn't matter you can't count that one every baby counts yeah yeah every baby counts whether it was six weeks two minutes two seconds all the way to nine months every baby counts yeah. you know and just hang in there 
And I hated hearing, oh, it gets better. I hated hearing that in the beginning. Yeah. But it does get better. Yeah. But understand that your better is not going to look like my better. Exactly. So just... And don't keep looking for your better because that's something that I fell into. Yeah. When is it going to get better, God? When is it going to get better? When is it going to? Nope. Don't look for your better. Just be today. Whatever today is, that's what today is. If it's a crying day, it's a crying day. I like the point when you were saying that it led me to the thought of it gets better when it gets better. Yeah. Yes. It's going to get better, but it gets better when yeah. it gets better. And I can't right. tell you when that is. Yeah. You, yeah. Only God knows when that is and you'll know when that time comes yeah. you'll know because i'm telling you last weekend i knew that was my moment of recognition of okay i see a light now because you text me i think it was last sunday yes. or saturday yes saturday. yeah and uh we were still on in orlando yes yes and i was like okay well, remember what are we gonna talk about right. i don't know right but i got something to get off my i chest. got yep i was like okay, yeah because well. i was in we were like literally light bulb on yeah. all the lights in the house are on and yeah. we're like oh my gosh yeah oh my gosh i so did not see that yeah. oh my gosh this is what it was about all along. Oh my gosh, I love my son even more. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. I love him even more. And we had to, you know, one thing we want to say to the listeners also is to be in the moment. Yeah. Be in the moment. Not yeah. try to go ahead, Mm-mm. too far ahead. Slow, Don't try to slow try to and not try to look too far behind. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, just be in the moment yeah. and allow God to to do what he intends to do yeah. in that moment yeah, yeah. you know because um, yeah last week it was we just said lord just do whatever we're we are here we're we went out on our date we were just having a good conversation um you know and you know just looking at how god has brought us right up to this point yeah yeah and and in all of that, in all through the grief, he still provided for oh, us. Yeah. He still, you know, put food on the table. Mm-hmm. He still and allowed he still girls sent to people. Do, and he still sent the right people, people, the right people yeah. to, to, um, to be alongside you know, of us. Alongside. Because it, yes. it, it's such a very vulnerable place. Oh, yeah. And well, even for you to be here on air. Yeah. Because this is yes. about to air all over. Yes. yes. And sharing to help. Yeah. And I loved the part of your the dream the Lord gave you about mm-hmm. your son in the house. That's why I kept going back to asking, what does the house mean? What does the house mean? Have, have you thought through it? But, yes. But the Lord was showing me that the house could possibly mean the house was your family and the devastation thing. Yes. And Absolutely. you were trying to fix yes. it. You were trying, yes. to get, I'm trying to get something out of here to help to someone it. else. Yes. You know, the words you're using. Yes. I'm trying to help fix. Absolutely. You know, so you're, it, it means a lot. Everything in there, the symbols have meaning. It, it, Absolutely. It has value. It has power. And it, it, the Lord yeah. answered your prayer. Yes, yes. he did. He said, Lord, he talk did. to me again. Yes. yes. In your dream. Yes. Like I just came from a, a conference last night where I'm going to do sound again tonight where this was a season where the Lord is speaking loud to people in our dreams. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we have to understand, well, no, it's, no, cancel those words. We have to ask the Lord, like you yes. all have done, to tell us what do these mean? Yeah. 
What do these symbols yes. mean? What do the images mean? What do the feelings and impressions mean mm-hmm. in this time? Because they don't mm-hmm. help you unlock what the Lord is trying to tell you. Right, right. Just like you just guys got just this time, but yeah. you were open to. Yes. Yes. And that. that's the key. Yeah. That right there is the key. Yeah. Because in the beginning, I was not open and I knew I wasn't open. Yeah. I didn't want to hear from God. Yeah. Even though I was questioning him, sure. I really didn't want the answer. Yeah. I just wanted to be mad at him. Yeah. And yeah. I just wanted to let him know yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that I am mad at you. Sure. But along the way, through counseling, through specific people that God sent my way, that I had no idea it would be those people. Because one thing that I have learned in this process is when you go through something like this, it's not going to be the people that you think that will support you. Okay. Think of many people you even want exactly. to support you in so many cases. Because guess right. what? Not everybody is built for that journey. Right. Mm-hmm. It takes special people. So I know who my special people are. Yeah. And when I tell you, um, first of all, let me say, it, it has to be a safe place. It has to be. Yes. It has to be. There ha- it has to be a judgment-free yeah. zone because they are seeing you literally at your worst. So it can't just be anybody. No. Um, I struggled with be. that and it shouldn't be. Yeah. I struggled with that because the people who I expected to be there and who could not be there, I was so mad at them. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, I cannot believe this person didn't call me. I cannot believe that this person said this to me. Like, do they not know what I just went through? But it's like they were out to lunch. Like yeah. they just couldn't get it. Yeah. Now on the backside of it, yeah. even though I'm still a little salty, <laughs> I will admit that. <laughs> I'm I'm human and I'm a work in progress, but I'm learning not to hold it against them because they can't give me what I need. They can only love you the way that they can love Amen. you. Amen. Exactly. Exactly. And so I can't hold it against them that they don't understand. Now, let me also say this, though, to the listeners who have never experienced miscarriage yeah. and infant loss and sure. child loss. If you're wanting to be an encouragement to that family member, loved one, friend, there are some things that you need to know. Sure. Okay? I already said what not to say. Okay? But you can see her face. Please do not do that. (laughs) Yeah. Because you will catch a case. Like, my tongue was primed and ready, locked and loaded for some very ungodly answers (laughs) to some of the comments that have come my way. Yeah. But what you can do is you can ask the grieving, what do you need in terms of how can I support you in this moment? Whether it be a meal, whether it be let me take your dog for a walk, whether it be um, let me come and um, clean something for you. And for those two, along the same point, some of it's just... To continue to ask respectfully at the right time. Yes, at the right, right time. time. Because yeah, because they may not want you in their space. Like, they may not know I didn't they want did. anybody right. in my space, right. but it would have been nice to get flowers or a card, which sure. some people did do those things. Or and I'm nice great, grateful for thought. that. Or just sure. to let me know that's that you're thinking know. about yeah. me. And importantly, when you do see the person again, please don't act like you don't know that they just had a miscarriage or yeah. lost their baby. Yeah. A lot of times you don't know what to say. Guess what, guys? It's okay to say, you know what? I kind of don't know what to say to you. Yeah. So can can I ask you, what, what are you okay with? 
talking about. I don't want to offend you and I don't want to trigger you. I don't want to make you cry, but I, I care for you and I am concerned and I want to express that, but I want to do it in a very gentle and loving way. But that's the elephant in the room. Yes. Yes. That nobody wants to talk about. But it's in the way. We can't even see around it because it's it's, it's blocking you. And until you deal with the elephant. Yeah. Then the elephant gets up and walks away. Exactly. Then we can deal and talk. And I want you all to know it's okay to ask the grieving mom, what are you okay talking about? And let her tell you. Yeah. Don't shy away from it and, and be like, whoa. Uh-huh. Because that's more more embarrassing and more frustrating to the hurting. Yes. Because yes. you, you, you're disregarding my feelings by not yes. acknowledging it. I yes. still speak English. Right. Exactly. You may not know what to say to exactly. me. Exactly. Right. But you can still talk to me. Right. Exactly. Tell right. me you love me. Tell me yes. family. Don't say nothing. Right. But don't avoid me either. Yeah. Right. Don't avoid the eye contact. Yes. Right. And don't treat me like I have the plague or something. Right. Okay. Yeah. I, it's yeah. not contagious. Right. Grief is not contagious. Grief is not it's contagious, not guys. It's individual. It's unique. Shirt. Yeah, I'm like please. <laughs> Grief is not contagious. Grief is not contagious. No. No. You know, it's not gonna get on your food. It's not like cooties. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. If I sneeze, if I right. cry, you know, I'm right. gonna catch it. That's yeah. Right. You may catch a case if you don't. Treat exactly. It right. And right. and also, don't rush me in my grief. Yeah. yeah don't right. say things like, "Are you all better now? Are you okay you now?" Okay. Oh, I've been asked that several yeah. times. Are you done now? <laughs> Are you serious? I appreciate you guys for coming. Thank for, you for, for having us. For having reasons. us. I mean, because that lets me know that you feel that it's safe yes, here. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. And that that says a lot. Because um, what you guys probably haven't known is that during the time away, Caden has probably made more cakes and, pot and cheesecakes. Not just wow. cheesecakes, but cakes. Of, he's a fearless baker. Wow. Oh, he and Ryan both have a home ec class or a cooking class. Or mm-hmm. I'd say right, a culinary class uh-huh. at their high school. Class. And awesome. so they've come home and they've made, you know, things or they miss school. They have to make up their assignment by right. baking yes. at the house or whatever oh, they're doing at home. Awesome. But Caden is just making stuff. He's made cheesecakes for his dance teams oh, or parties. He's, he took the uh, that pound cake recipe that we got mm-hmm. from their aunt. Joyce mm-hmm. in Cleveland and he says dad I want to make the pancake but you know you're busy I said tell you what I'll send you the recipe he came back and asked me one question oh my gosh and he's baked more pancakes now better than and I wasn't doing I was barely making I was excited mm-hmm. proud of what I was doing <laughs> but he's got me beat the that, teacher has become the student oh my gosh. Yes. So making, they learned how to make um, banana bread mm. oh he's made mm-hmm. banana bread here that's um, awesome. This other stuff he's made is just because. Yeah. And yes. it's nothing for him to do it. He's coming up, Dad, I want to try this now. We've done dumplings. I want to do this and some meringue cookies that yeah. Ryan was making because he had to make it in class, mm-hmm. but he missed the day or sick. Mm. So they're doing them here. Yeah. And they don't have any fear. Yeah. So you have legacy here. Yes. And the kids are still doing oh my God. what you've taught them to do. Yeah. So yeah, you've got to continue because you yeah. guys have 2020 clarity. So yeah. 20 in the prophetic is a prophetic number is right. a number for expectation and mm. waiting expectancy mm-hmm. mm. and yes. waiting so if you're expecting god to move yes you were expecting yes. and you were expecting to have had a child to deliver and be holding mm-hmm. but you're still holding him yes. like That's you've right. already said you're you're holding the move of god so yes. with 2020 Lord is reminded us it's a double expectancy. Mm. So it's double blessings that mm. we have yes. that is coming for mm-hmm. us you, for right now. And for the Lord to have given you the nine months, you got the expectancy yeah. from him. You got the birth through him. Yeah. 
for this now so you can now have clarity that's mm-hmm. right into this next decade yes. which right. you needed for your family the lord couldn't allow you to go into 2020 right with your vision of what he was yeah right so he had to clear all yes. of that up absolutely at every cost yes that's right that's right so he exerted his own power mm-hmm to develop a life within you mm-hmm. that was from the both of you. Yeah. To destroy everything that you mm-hmm. knew. Mm-hmm. To rebuild it back so you now have a yes. clean, clear vision exactly. as to what he wants from you. Yeah. So, and the last thing. You know how you break a bone? Yeah. You break a place. You put it back together. Mm-hmm. Those bones of place will never break again. Mm-hmm. Right. In mm-hmm. the same places. That's mm-hmm. right. You'll never hurt that way again mm. no one mm. would ever be able to take from you and make you think that you're anything right. other than what right. god's chosen you Absolutely. to be that's right. ever again. again that's right mm-hmm. that is right you're a hundred percent right thank you jesus he knows what he's doing guys that's what doing. he knows pray for us pray for our listeners father in jesus name we thank you lord for your heart towards us yes. we thank you father for loving us yes we thank you father that you sent your son jesus christ to die on the cross for our sins and lord god we pray that as we close this podcast out lord god we pray that you will touch the hearts of all the listeners lord yes god. God. we pray father that you will reach out to each and every one who is experiencing grief in different ways lord yes. god regardless of whatever yes, grief that they're going through we pray father that you will reach out to them, Lord God. And we pray, Father, that the listeners will call on you. Yes, will say, Lord. speak to me, Lord. Mm. Speak to me. Mm-hmm. Because the relationship, it starts now. Yes, it Lord. is there. It has been there for yes. those who have been walking with you, Lord. And for those who have never walked with you, Lord. The relationship is there and it starts now. So we pray, Father that you will just spread your Holy Spirit right through the airwaves, Lord God. We pray, Father, that you will touch each and every listener right now as they listen to this podcast. Father, we give you all the honor and glory, and we thank you for all that you are doing for us. We pray, Father, that you will bless each and every one here. We pray that you will bless each and every one of the listeners, Lord God, God. on on the podcast, Lord God. And we pray, Father, that this year, 2020, will be a year, Lord God, that you will see, that we will see your divine power move yes, Lord. throughout our land, our country, Lord God. We give you all the honor and glory, and yes, we thank Lord. you, thank you Jesus. in advance, Lord Jesus, thank for you, all that you're doing for us, Lord God, and for all that you have done. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Amen.